Over the past several weeks, I have found myself what I, doing what I call starting over, and uh, not in a trivial way. The story itself about what has happened and what I'm, you know, what I'm going through and why I chose to do this and how it all happened is really nothing more than the story. And really what I want to focus on is how I have been co- trying to, uh, I cannot say with, uh, 100% certainty that I have coped mindfully in every moment since I have started over, so to speak. But what I have done is I have tried to allow myself to do so. I've tried to give myself the room and the space and the patience to be able to do so. I know that in our lives we can start over in sometimes in small ways, sometimes in pretty considerable ways. And then there are those few times in life when literally we start over completely. Everything about our lives changes. It could, you know, be a combination of where we live, what we do for a living, uh, relationships that we're in with people, uh, things that we used, you know, that we used to do that we no longer do. Uh, it can, you know, these changes, uh, can really be something that, you know, can happen on different scales. And I would say, looking at my life overall, that this particular starting over period is probably one of the most considerable ones that I have gone through. And uh, there have been maybe just a small handful of times where it has been more, you know, on a larger scale. But this is definitely... uh, probably the biggest change that I have undergone in in decades. What's interesting about it is is that I have had an opportunity to really look at what makes, you know, what is it what is it that is so hard about starting over? And especially when we find ourselves in situations where we don't have a lot, we, we, at least I, I would say, and this is probably something that's just coming up in the moment that, you know, I can find myself in a place where I don't have a frame of reference. I don't really have a playbook, so to speak. I don't really know what I am supposed to do next in a certain way, even though I do, I know that I rationally do. And there again, all of us humans really do. And that's probably the most important thing I can say is that you know, we are more capable than we realize. We have more resources to draw on than we sometimes think that we do. And I realize that thinking that I don't know what to do or thinking that I don't have the answers or finding myself, you know, kind of at a fork in the road and not really sure what the right thing to do is, is just really when it comes right down to it, it can be something, you know, that can be a position that I think that I'm in. And I'm putting the emphasis on the word think because this has a lot to do with what I am thinking. It does not mean it's reality. There is the difference between relative reality, which is as limited human beings, we have a limited frame of reference to what absolute reality really is. And we can really kind of talk ourselves into believing that something is the truth. When in fact, from an stand, from the standpoint of absolute reality, it really is not completely the truth. And I'm not saying that anybody does this on purpose. I know there are times when clearly deluding ourselves feels like a good option. And I have been there and I have done that many, many times. 
But this is really more along the lines of really what I want to focus on today is not to talk so much about how hard it is to start over, because I think everyone knows that it is. I know that, you know, it's it's something that can be both exhilarating, it can be something that can be really freeing, especially if we're finding ourselves in a, in a situation where our lives before this time that we sort of hit the reset button, uh, you know, regarding different aspects of our lives that we can feel, you know, like we have the opportunity to rewrite our story. There are, and like anything in life, there are a lot of positives. And then there also are, you know, the things that don't always feel so positive. And that is the fear that comes up when we kind of step out a little bit of our comfort zone. Uh, sometimes it can feel so, you know, it can be so fear inducing that we feel like we're standing on the edge of a cliff and we're really not sure what to do next. And it's interesting to me how, and I've really experienced this on this latest round of what I refer to as starting over, that, uh, and there has been a lot of both for me, and it's interesting that I have been able to really, so far at least, mostly keep it in perspective. I will freely admit that there have been a few times, you know, over the last several weeks, that I have found myself in what people refer to as a freak out moment. Uh, there have been those times where, you know, it's either I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm just completely paralyzed with fear and in a way that I haven't been in quite some time. Or I may be going about, you know, doing what I need to do each day that is very, very different from what it used to be. And I find myself suddenly just, you know, find, you know, finding myself really feeling very deeply gripped with fear in some way. And there is this tendency to, I, and one thing I have noticed is that when I find myself this way, that I really want to be paying attention to what my mind is doing. And that is very, very difficult sometimes when we are really locked in a pattern of, or in a loop of fear. It, uh, you know, our bodies are feeling certain things and then our minds are reacting to what our bodies are doing and the feedback loop is direct. And the more that I'm thinking fearful thoughts, the more that I'm believing what I'm thinking about what I need to be fearful and what I need to be scared about, the more my body is going to respond physiologically. And because of the body and brain connection, that feedback loop is just almost immediate. And so what happens is it's almost in a way, it's like it gets, you know, it kind of gets its own momentum going. And I can find myself in a place where being able to have any perspective or any headspace gets really, really difficult. That has probably been the most important thing that I have realized as a result of going through this is that it is really what I refer to. And I, and, and I did not make this phrase up, but I think it really applies here, at least in my humble opinion. The, what I refer to as the emotional roller coaster. And I have been riding that coaster for a few weeks here in that it is amazing how one moment I can feel really, really good about how I am dealing with and coping with you know, finding myself in a completely different way of life and a completely different way of living and working. And then another moment, it seems like it's not too long after that, that I can be feeling, you know, an, an incredible amount of fear, an incredible amount of doubt about whether I really have the strength, the will, the skills and ability to do what I need to do to make a living now. 
And as someone who has been self-employed for almost 30 years, uh, you know, I have dealt with some changes and there have been, you know, some rough patches uh, throughout those years. But this is probably uh, one of the biggest changes that I have undergone, at least in the last 20 years. And uh, there is no comfort zone left. And that's, you know, usually, you know, is the thing that tends to make it easier for us when we find ourselves having to start over. If we have some reserves to draw on, you know, emotionally, from a resource standpoint, whatever it is. But then again, unfortunately, and fortunately, there are those times in life when it really is a mixed bag when we find ourselves with not a lot of resources to draw on. And I'm speaking of all different types of resources. A lot of these are intangible as well as some that are tangible. And there, there, we come to a point where we really meet ourselves. We really, you know, I, you know, I kind of use the phrase, we kind of look, you know, we see the person in front of the mirror and we realize, you know, that it's, you know, it's, a, it's us and that we are, you know, we're facing ourselves because I really think, at least in my case, and I, a lot of people that I've talked to, the biggest obstacle that I have is myself and that if I can get out of my own way, I have a much greater likelihood of getting through this period. And that's the interesting thing, too, is that, you know, no matter how much I am successful in convincing myself that I'm not going to get past this. And I say that really with a little bit of a laugh because and I know that may sound a little strange, especially at a time like this, when they, it would seem one would think that there aren't a lot of things to laugh about. Uh, you know, when you're going through a period like this, but I found it to be quite a, uh, it's, I've, I found it to be quite surprising that humor can really pop up in very interesting ways when we find ourselves feeling so serious about what it is that we're facing. And I'm not saying that there's anything funny about, uh, uncertainty of any kind or about fear. I mean, I know those things are very, very real. And I'm clearly living that right now. So this isn't something that I'm just talking about theoretically. This is something that I am living with 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that is when I really want to focus and kind of bring this, you know, to a conclusion. That is really the most important thing is, you know, where, and I've had people say this to me numerous times. You know, I find myself in a situation where I am having to start over. I'm finding myself living life in a different way. My circumstances are, are completely different than they used to be. I'm finding myself with not a lot to draw on in terms of uh, resources, of you know previous experiences that apply to this. There's no handbook for this. There's no playbook for it. You know, what do I do? And the most important thing I would say, and I'm saying this to myself, interestingly enough, because this is this is an experience that I'm now going through. And so this isn't just me sitting back, you know, speaking to someone who is going through it, you know, and just from having having had experience in it, but not really living it right now. Uh, it would be very easy for me to, and I guess what I would say here is that this really comes down to the answer to that question is one that one might not expect. And that is that the only way to cope, the only way to get through a situation like this if I don't have answers to these questions, if I don't really know what I should do, if I don't really know the answer, if I don't, if I'm not sure that I have the resources in, in both, you know, tangible and intangible to keep going, what do I do? 
And I think that the answer can be surprising. The answer sometimes is not the answer that we think that it is or that we expect. Because I don't know if anyone, and I don't even know if I know right now, I can, I can think that I know what the right answer is. But I'm willing to be open enough and allow enough headspace and enough faith in the fact that I, you know, may never know the answer for sure as far as what I absolutely positively should be doing. So all I can really do is improvise. All I can really do is, and, and really as human beings, that's really one of the things that we do very well in general is that we improvise. We do what we can with what we have, uh, where we can, where we find ourselves, and uh, we do the best that we can. And I know that if I want to be in a position to do the best that I can, the most important thing I want to do is I want to, in really getting back to the heart of the matter and getting back to the basics. And that's, and I found myself doing that a lot over the last few weeks. I have found myself really focusing on keeping things really, really simple. And for me, in terms of a mindfulness practice that I'm trying to sustain, that's really where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. In other words, I am, this isn't theoretical. This isn't just talking about this. This isn't just about, and there's nothing wrong with reading books about these kind of things and listening to podcasts and, and, uh, and listening to teachers, but it's really about, I, you know, I have to practice and this is something that I have to make sure that I'm paying attention to this. And so, and what's beautiful about it is I don't have to, there's no complicated program. This is not difficult in terms of knowing what to do. It can sometimes be difficult to practice and sit through these, you know, tidal waves of very unpleasant emotions that come through. But again, they come through. They're like waves. You know, they, they, uh, they come towards us. And if we're, you know, if we're in the middle of it, at some point the waves roll past us. And that's really what I have to remember. And so what I want to do is getting back to the basics. I just want to, to pay attention to what my mind is doing. I want to, uh, try to be a dispassionate observer of what it is that I'm thinking. And when I do that, I'm much more likely to not fall into the trance of fear. I'm a lot more likely to realize that, you know what, while this does feel unpleasant, while I'm not really liking the way that I feel right now, and I might actually hate the way that I'm feeling, it may really, really hurt. It may really be uncomfortable. And I may find myself literally wanting to, you know, wrap up in a ball in a corner somewhere and just, you know, in a fetal position and sort of give up that that's just a thought too, that I may feel like that's what I want to do. And there's no judgment. I mean, I, I have been that person before. Uh, I have given up and have felt like giving up and come close to it many times, but it's the idea that, you know, remembering if I can just get a little bit of headspace, a little bit of perspective and become more of a witness to my thoughts than the believer of them, the, of the identifying with those thoughts. If I can just, in those moments where it feels really yucky, where it feels really uncomfortable, if I can just remember that these are just what I, this is just what I'm thinking, and that I don't have to be so attached to my thoughts, I don't have to believe them, and when I do that, it's very interesting in that as humans, when we are observing something, we tend to look at it in a different way. There can be when we don't have as much emotional investment in needing to believe it so much that we don't have to, we you know, we don't have to believe that this is absolute reality. We can be much more open 
to the fact that our thoughts are nothing more than thoughts. It doesn't mean that they're not, you know, that they're not valuable or that they are, you know, that they're not important. Uh, and it does. This isn't really a question of our self worth. It's just really about the fact that thoughts. If we believe all of the thoughts that we have, that is really where we suffer. That is really where we find ourselves really struggling in a lot of cases. And you know, I, I have no idea if or how you know we could change ourselves or rewire ourselves as human beings to where our thoughts are you know are more productive always and that we don't have these self-defeating thoughts and this negative self-talk. I think everyone struggles with this in a different way. I'm open to the possibility that there may be some people who don't struggle with it at all. I have not met any of them, but I don't want to get caught up in believing that that, that, you know, that that couldn't be possible. So for, but for me, I know that because I am, can sometimes be plagued with these kinds of thoughts and doubts. And, uh, uh, you know, I know that I need to have a way to be able to get up in the morning. I need to have a way to be able to get through the day and cope and, you know, be in life, carry out my responsibilities to those that I love and care about and be of service to people. And the only way that I can do that and not, you know, spend the day with the covers over my head, you know, giving up before I ever start is to just really breathe in and out and it's really just utilizing one of many what's referred to as meditative practices. We just pay attention to something other than what it is that we're thinking. And it's really kind of a, a what I refer to as a temporary fix. Although if someone wanted to do that, you know, on an ongoing basis, you certainly could. But I think at some point, once we have stabilized the mind, once we have been able to get to a place where we are, and I think what happens is when we when we engage in a meditative practice, when we get into a flow state, no matter how it is that we do that, and there's certainly a lot more things than just sitting, you know, cross-legged on a cushion uh, in a quiet, still place, that we can then take that next step, and that's really the critical step, at least in my experience, is that, uh, and many people that I've worked with and taught this to, that we take that next step up. We actually get to a place where, you know, we, we get the mind stable enough that we can start to pay attention to our thoughts and really just observe them and to not run away from them and to not deny them or stuff them down or try to divert ourselves away from them. We just have those thoughts and there, and there have been times over the last week or two that I have found myself in a really, really rough spot emotionally. Uh, you know, on that emotional roller coaster, I've been all over the place. You know, one minute I'm really, really feeling great and I'm exhilarated and I'm actually proud of myself for, uh, coping through this time and really moving some things forward, you know, making, you know, you know, making some progress doing some new things that are, are, are looking to be able to bear fruit at some point and feeling like I'm adapting. And as a, as a 54 year old human being, it seems like the older that we get, the, the, the easier it is to fall into that trap of thinking that we can be too old to change or that we can somehow lose the ability to be so flexible and really live life in a different way and embrace change. And, uh, I don't know if it's true or not. Right now, I don't have the luxury of trying to figure that out. What I'm doing is I'm just actually trying to allow myself to be in the best position to do this. And so really the way to do that for me is to just really lighten up. It's really about, you know, I don't, I don't want to use laughter or humor as a, an escape from this, 
But I really do believe that that's why comedy and laughter and humor is something that is so healing for a lot of people, myself included, when times are tough, because I think we can get so heavy and so serious that sometimes that really, uh, it, 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 it limits our perspective. Uh, and I think sometimes being able to laugh, being able to lighten up a little bit about things while, you know, not using it as an escape or as a diversion, I can, it can, it can really change things in terms of even allowing me to kind of look at my own thoughts with a little more humor and levity and to not take them so seriously. So that's really what I guess I am really trying to to get across today and to share is that when we find ourselves starting over, when we are you know riding that emotional roller coaster, whether we like it or not, uh, I don't know how much longer I'll be on it. And I guess really in some ways we it's probably almost like we always are on it. Uh, you know, if I look back over the long term of my, you know, the long, sort of the, the long journey, so to speak, it, you know, there, it's always really been a roller coaster, emotionally speaking. I think that that has been pretty normal for me and most people that I know. And uh, the ride can, can be really, really t- difficult if I am just, you know, hanging on with everything I have and white knuckling and, you know, clink, clinging to the bar, you know, in that, in that roller coaster car, so to speak, and uh, gritting my teeth and just really just, you know, just, you know, holding on for dear life. Uh, and I'm probably going to, when I do that, I'm going to be suffering. My body's going to be really contracted. My mind is going to be really filled with fear and all, you know, to the point of being paralyzed. And I'm not really going to be able to dance through any of this. And the other thing that's nice about this is it's a lot easier to go through every moment of every day. And that's really what it comes down to is that, you know, I am, you know, I'm in this situation. It's not going to change. Uh, you know, I can only look one direction and that's what's ahead of me. But I don't want to get so caught up in speculating about the future and what's ahead. I'm much better off to calmly just ride out each moment as it happens. And I really believe that for me, and many people that I have taught this to and worked with, that really the only way for me to live it one moment at a time, the only way for me to do this one breath at a time, so to speak, is to practice my, to being aware and to practice mindfulness. And then I take it to the next level is that if I can practice doing this while I'm still, while things are quiet, and I've got a little bit of physical and mental space, then I can go out in the world and continue that practice even when things get tough, it's, you know, basically what I refer to as being mindful on your feet. You know, we can, we can deal with situations that come up that are unpleasant, that's, that shock or surprise us, that disappoint us, that, you know, there's all those, you know, unpleasant emotions that we can, can have to deal with as a result of being out in the world, dealing with other people with a lot of things that we can't control. But I know that I'm in a much better position if I can just do this one breath at a time and one moment at a time. And, uh, sometimes it seems like, you know, that that's that, you know, how, how can I continue to do this one moment at a time? It just, you know, it it can seem almost overwhelming to think about all those moments. And I think that's where I've really had to focus, especially this week on not really thinking about those moments that are coming. I don't really need to, I'll, if I can just do this one and then this one and then this one. It's, I don't really need to be counting these moments. And I think that's where it maybe gets a little difficult is that if I am keeping track, so to speak, if I am, you know, getting caught up in the fact that, 
you know, I can start feeling sorry for myself if I, you know, I have to do this. And it does take a certain level of energy, but it's a different kind of energy. And uh, I know that Buddhists, you know, have a word for that. There is that uh, what's referred to as viriya. It's that, you know, that willingness to, to to be present, that, you know, you have to have that inner conviction to want to be able to be aware and to be mindful. And I don't know really exactly how to cultivate that. I don't know if I really need to know. I think the only thing that I do know about this is, is that the only way, if I, if I have any of that energy, any of that will to continue to practice this one moment at a time, I think the only way that I've been able to do it, if I have done it, is to practice this. And when I find myself, you know, on the emotional roller coaster and all of a sudden I'm up on this huge hill and then there's this steep drop off and I feel like I want to freak out and I feel like I want to lose my mind, then what I have to do is all I really have to do, I don't need to beat myself up emotionally. I don't need to judge myself. I don't need to get you know lost in thought about it. All I really need to do is allow myself to be kind to myself enough to just let myself return back to the center. And when I say return back to the center, I mean just to come back to the point where I realize, oh, okay, it's just, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm not really freaking out in, an, in absolute terms. I'm just thinking thoughts of what it feels like, of what one would describe as freaking out. And it's amazing how sometimes just paying attention to, you know, how we understand words and how we identify with them and how we begin to believe that we are the person that is freaked out and then we are you know we're losing it so to speak uh when we let go of the the need to identify with these things and not really be busy being the person that's losing their minds or freaking out or whatever you call it uh it just becomes easier to feel what we feel and then take another breath and then just pay attention and see the fact that this is really just our thoughts that generally, and I feel like to, for me to be able to say this at this point in my life, uh, is, you know, it's, it's significant that things are not as bad as we sometimes believe that they are. And it's, you know, I'm not trying to minimize anybody, anyone's difficulties or pain because I know there is real pain out there. There are real difficulties. I, you know, I've been through that as well, but it, it is really a matter of if I can find some space or some ability to be able to get a little more perspective and to see that maybe even if I, even if things are not great, even if they're bad, hopefully they're not as bad as I really believe them to be. And I know there are times in life when it is as bad as we think it is. Hopefully that is not as often as we believe that it is. That's at least something that I can hope. While I can't prove it, uh, at least I know for me that many times I have been able to see some validity in that. And it has allowed me to step back and not, and not feel so much like a victim and not feel like things are unfair. That I can just continue to breathe in and out, to continue to take one step at a time, to put one foot in front of the other, and to be able to realize that I don't have to believe everything that I'm thinking about what I'm feeling. I don't have to identify as the victim, as the person that's busy feeling these negative feelings, they're just, it's, it's more impersonal than I ever have realized that it is. If, if I've learned anything about feelings, they are much less personal than I ever believe them to be. I'm just a living being and these, this energy moves through me in response to certain things that happen. In some cases it happens and I don't know why it happens. But as long as I'm not focused on trying to figure out why it's happening, if I'm focused more on being aware and being mindful and 
wanting, having the desire and the intention to cope with whatever it is that I'm feeling. I'm in a much better position to just move through life and make it, you know, at least make it as easy on myself as possible. It's not always going to be easy. I'm not always going to, uh, to have success in having things happen the way that I hope. But if I can let go of the need for it to always go my way and just deal with what I have where I find myself, I know that this practice, this, this practice of mindfulness and mindful coping is one of the most important tools that I can utilize and one of the most important practices that I can turn to when things are this way, when I'm starting over, when I'm not sure what to do. And all I really have to do, I, can, I may not know what to do and I may not know what the right answer is. But I'm at least if I can cope one more moment and then another and another, I'm hopefully going to be able to get wherever it is I'm supposed to be.